Hello and welcome to Perfectly Paranormal, episode 33. My name's Anna Schmidt and I'm here every week to share with you true paranormal encounters and information about devils, demons and dark energy beings that no one else talks about. And today we're looking at tattoos and piercings and how our negative or traumatised mind or emotional state when getting body art can sometimes invite paranormal attachment and how these detrimental energetic hitchhikers can then affect our mental and emotional health, our mind functioning, and sometimes elevate our reactions in a very detrimental way. Now, tattoos, as we all know, are beautiful pieces of art, and they're great expressions of individuality. But if they're placed on the body, when you're in a detrimental emotional state or have experienced a recent trauma, they can be imprinted with negative emotions or traumatic energy. And this energetic imprint can affect how you feel and may be an attractive food source for the dark energy beings. Now I've got the perfect example here about a young man named Ben. Now this interesting case study is an experience I had with a very demanding tattoo that had something to say. And I've called this story The Screaming Tattoo. Now, Ben is a young man who contacted me back in 2016, initially for some life coaching sessions. But in the end, we ended up doing a personal energy clearing for Ben. Now, while we chatted via an online platform, my attention kept getting drawn away from Ben's face to the very large black skull tattoo that sat at the front of his neck and it was located just below his Adam's apple and sat above the neckline of his white t-shirt. Now I know that when I kept getting pulled away to look at a location, so whether it's within a property or a person, The energy in that location has something to say, and it won't stop until I do the investigation work. Now, as I was talking with Ben, this frightening energy within this tattoo was literally screaming in my face. My head was pulsing, and I started to develop a really like a massive headache to the point where I couldn't focus on what Ben was saying. So I asked Ben about the tattoo and he said that it was inked onto his neck when he was going through a highly traumatic time in his life. At first he loved it. He thought it was great. But over time, Ben felt choked on a daily basis by this black skull with the piercing eyes, but he couldn't understand why. And he wished that he hadn't had it put there in the first place. I asked Ben's permission to tune into the energy present within the tattoo and see what it had to say, what it wanted to tell me. And I didn't tell Ben at that point that there may be paranormals, as I call them, present in that tattoo area. But I had a feeling he knew, but he just didn't want to verbalise it. He didn't want to make it real. 
So as I focused and connected to the very large buildup of traumatic emotions on that part of Ben's body, I found two demonic level energy beings present within that location of the tattoo. Initially, they tried to cloak themselves so I wouldn't see them. But I just talked to them like I'm talking to you now. I find that they just, they respond to respect. I treat them with respect and by universal law, they have to treat me the same way. Well, at least 85% of them do. Now, I did the detective work, finding all the negative imprints and the trauma imprints and I cleared their attachment at that location. Once they were removed and all that residual energy was removed from those imprints, the demonic level beings were simply like, eh, well, we don't want to be here anymore. You've found us. You have moved our energetic food source. We just want to leave. And they simply left Ben's physical body and went back out in the environment. Now, a day later, Ben contacted me to say that he felt much better in the mind and also the body. And there was no more choking sensations in his neck area. He didn't quite believe what I told him. I'm very honest with people with what I find when I do these energy clearings. I will detail the types of emotions or the trauma imprints, the types of paranormal beings. And you know what? It's okay if people don't believe me, as long as the results help the client. Now, six months on, Ben has now had this tattoo removed along with a few others that were present on his body, which tells me that he kind of does believe in what I did. And he's since improved his whole outlook on life, choosing to talk about his problems with counsellors now, instead of tattooing his issues onto his body as a constant reminder. Now, I must say that not all tattoos will attract dark or demonic level beings. It's the state that the person is in when the artwork is imprinted onto the body and the type of artwork that you choose will sometimes attract these paranormal beings. But I mean, I do appreciate tattoo art as much as the next person. But if you choose to have tattoos, think about what draws you to have them. Are they art and self-expression? Or are they a coping mechanism for pain and suffering that you've experienced in your life? Now, the following experience is told by a young man who thought he chose the words made in hell for a tattoo that he had put on his left forearm. But now, in hindsight, he can see that those words were implanted into his mind as part of the contract he made with the devil when he was going through a really dark time in his life. Now you can hear the full story of his long-term encounter with darkness in episode 47 of this podcast, and it's due to be released on the 18th of December 2023. But please take note, there is a big trigger warning attached to this episode, as it contains real-life experiences with satanic contracts, extreme substance abuse, self-harming, suicidal thoughts and actions, and how it was all intertwined through continuous dark attempts to establish more and more control over this young man's mind and behaviours. 
until one day when it all changed for the better. So would you like to tell us about that rather interesting tattoo that you have on your left forearm? I would. I would love to talk about that. Yeah, I guess I'll start with the idea where when it first ever popped into my head. I was 17 and it was my 18th birthday, so I wanted to tattoo. It took me a long time deciding what I wanted. It took me a lot of, oh, but is that me? Oh, but is that me? And um, I stumbled across this wording, made in hell. And I thought, well, everyone says I'm like a, a devil, do crazy, spontaneous stuff. I look a little bit wild with my hair. I collect skulls and bones and, and you know, I make all this dark music and I'm all, I'm all dark all the time and, and stuff. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess that describes me. So go in my 18th birthday, $150 later, and it's on my arm for the rest of my life. Two months later, I'm craving something else, defining the devil. So I go back to the same studio, not the same tattoo artist, different tattoo artist, and I get these three devils on my arm. And back then I thought, three devils, they look cool. But now I look at them with a bit of a different approach and different angle. Still gives me goosebumps and makes me kind of like get all weird, you know. I think I made that choice. I don't think I made that choice. Do you want to tell us your perspective of living with that tattoo and some of the other choices that you've made that kind of, I think, led you to getting that tattoo put on your arm? Yeah. Well, I suppose as a young boy, when I was in in primary school, grade five, I would often get bullied by my fellow classmates and not bullied in the way of pushing me around and picking on me and saying things. In the way of leaving me out, I didn't, I didn't have a friend. So as I went to high school, that, that problem kind of continued. I didn't have a friend. I never had any friends. And so I found this one friend. Uh, I won't say his name. I'll call him John for now. Yep. John, he said to me, have you ever looked into devil worship and demon summoning? And I said, well, no, not really. I mean, he, he said, I'm not too sure if this is going to work, but what you do is you draw a pentagram and you put a few symbols around it. And he told me to look up on the internet a photo. So I did. I copied it, did a bit of a, a ritual, you know, to the devil saying to A, summon a demon and B, to take my soul in order to give me fame in not just music, but in life, in fame, in everyone's eyes, for them to look at me and think he's just the guy kind of thing. That was the first time I ever did it, and I didn't know if it worked, so I did it again. And I didn't know if it worked, so I did it again. And I did it again and again and again, until I just didn't know if it worked or not, until I met you. So now in the second part, we're going to look at body piercings. Now, this information is similar to what I've just shared in the tattoo section. You've got to think about your state of mind or life happenings when getting a piercing, as it may create lingering personal, psychological or emotional side effects. If you're going through trauma, mental health issues, Or if you're in a strong negative emotional state, please see your doctor, see a counsellor and wait until you are more mentally and emotionally settled before getting your piercings. 
as my friend Lily found in the following experience. And I've called this story Lily's Living Guests. Now, Lily was struggling in life. Every time she experienced trauma or rejection, she would get a piercing on her face. And she found that twisting the piercings relieved some of her pain and took her mind off her problem. She didn't realise that the addition of more and more piercings wasn't helping her. They were more of a crutch for her emotional issues. You know, she didn't want to see a counsellor because seeing a counsellor or a mental health worker would, in her mind, like she was a seriously strong person, she did not want to admit that she wasn't coping with life. And getting the piercings was her way of coping. Now, Lily and I were good friends at that time, and we talked about spiritual and paranormal happenings every time we got together for lunch. We would sometimes sit for four to six hours just chatting and talking about everything that was going on in our lives, especially any paranormal things that we were going through. Now, Lily's pool of emotional pain attracted paranormal beings into her home. And when I was staying there, I felt upteen paranormals in her home, like pretty much in every single room, especially the bedrooms. You're going to love this story. One of which (laughs) slept behind me that particular night. Sounds really creepy, doesn't it? Well, it actually was. Now, I went to bed that night, as I normally do. I'm used to paranormals being in houses. And if people don't ask me to clear them from their home, I'm not going to do it. I'm very ethical about how I work. I was in a half-asleep state when I felt something get onto the bed. Now, at around 11pm, I was in a bit of a half-awake, half-asleep state when I felt something get on the bed. Now, it lay down behind me and pushed up against the top of my spine and also my lower back. Now, this, this made me, like, wake up. Like, I'm, I'm just lying there observing. I love observing paranormal. It's the paranormal addict in me. I can't help myself. Now, Lily had Labrador dogs. They were very large dogs. And I just assumed that I was sleeping where one of the dogs normally slept. And he'd simply got onto the bed and laid down. And I I didn't think any more of it. Now, I didn't move or look to see if it was one of the dogs, because these dogs were quite excitable. And at 3am, possibly waking up Lily was not on the cards. I didn't want to cause any kerfuffle in the house. So I just slept on and off all night with this strong pushing on those two parts of my back. Now, it was interesting because nothing else happened. There was just that pressure on the top of my spine and in my lower back. Now, I didn't feel unwell. It was a really interesting experience. It could have been due to me kind of being half awake and half asleep. But I didn't have any headaches, didn't have any brain fog. It was, it was an interesting experience. Now, this is really funny. Seriously, I just stood there. When I got up and went to the kitchen, I just stood there with my mouth open. When I went to the kitchen that morning, I looked out the window. I was kind of half asleep, you know, rubbing your eyes. And you go and you stand and you look out at this beautiful ocean view. So I'm looking out this window 
And I could see both dogs were asleep in the shed. Yep, you heard me right. So what was behind me in the bed? Now, Lily and I were fascinated with what happened. She said she'd never experienced anything like that. I find, oh, this is funny, I'm a bit of a paranormal pipe piper or a paranormal magnet. I haven't quite come up with a great term for it yet. But wherever I go, I seem to attract these paranormal beings. They don't hurt me. They just give me these interesting experiences so I can share them with you. They're just so funny. Seriously, I'll never forget the pressure on my back that night. Now, we just talked about this probably for about two hours over breakfast, and it kind of verged on into lunch. Now, Lily's life improved in the next two months as she'd studied teaching and had been accepted into a local primary school. She, of course, had to remove all the piercings, and she told me that she didn't need them anymore as life was looking up. Now, I haven't seen Lily for years now, and I do wish her well, and I often wonder if she still has the paranormal bed sharer in her home. Now, I hope you've enjoyed these experiences that I've shared today. So in episode 34, I have an interview for you, but it's not with a living person. (laughs) Oh my goodness, the things I go through. I mean, seriously, are you curious? I thought you might like to hear what I have to deal with when communicating with high-ranking demonic level beings. Now, quite often this is before starting a house or a personal energy clearing. I get these visits. They often enter my bedroom because they think that's when I'm going to be affected, when I'm going to get upset, when I'm going to feel pressured to not do the house clearing job, because they just want to try and persuade me away from clearing the property or the person where they are inhabiting. Now, they can be really annoying, but they can sometimes be fascinating to talk with. And I always have to have my wits about me. So I thought you would like to hear So what I've done is I've written down what this being said to me. I sat up one night and I had my iPad. I was there in bed and I thought, right, I'm just going to write down what's going on. I just want to share this with people. People have to hear what energy workers go through. And sometimes this is on a weekly basis. If you like this spooky content of this episode today, please hit the subscribe button and you will get a notification when every new episode is released to the public. And stay tuned for many, many more episodes unpacking the strange and unseen aspects of the paranormal world around us. So thank you for joining me today. And don't forget, if you want to share a paranormal experience just with myself, or you would like me to share one of your experiences through my podcast, you can do a voice recording or you can write out your experience and I will read it exactly as you have written. Email me at spiritualbeing44 at gmail.com. And for information on paranormal house clearing, you can visit my website, Spiritual Being. You will find the address in the description box. And I look forward to sharing this spooky space again with you next week. And remember, life perfectly paranormal.